going to find it as we get there. <laughs> so in, uh, in the book of Psalms, there are 150 of them. And to set the stage, there are all kinds of songs and poems that different people are sometimes praising God, like what we're going to hear in just a few moments. Other ones, a full quarter of them, are laments, are people being angry or upset or wondering where God is. Martin Luther, who was a Catholic priest 500 years ago, who started the Reformation movement, who started the Lutheran Church, he spent every day at least 45 minutes with the Psalms. He said they framed the day. They helped his relationship with God. And he said when he was especially busy, he would double that. Because if he's so busy, he needs to connect even more with God. But if, if really the Psalms are a way of us framing our lives, let's hear what it would mean to actually frame it with gratitude. So King David writes, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm guessing that a few of you got the opportunity to be with others during this holiday season. I mean, because in the U.S., we say we have so many blessings, we got to set aside just one day out of the 365 days of the year, just one to say thanks. What if it meant that we could actually do a lot more in gratitude? You know, when I think of Thanksgiving, I think of my family. And I always go back to growing up, and I'd be able to come to my grandparents, my grandma and grandpa Dornfelds, and as soon as you would open the door, the smells would just almost assault you. They were just so incredible. They would wash over you. The turkey, the ham. I mean, grandma was such an amazing cook. We'd have stuffing. We would have all kinds of things. So here's the spread just to give you a picture of probably a lot of what you ate um, just a few days ago. But Thanksgiving is a special time, isn't it? And whenever I would think of all the different foods, they were amazing, but there was one that I was always most excited about. Grandma made actually this cranberry sauce. Any fans around here? This is not the cranberry sauce that I hoped for, actually. It was this every time. Yes, some of you nodded. Um, jellied cranberry sauce, the stuff that is so good that you would actually just, you know, crack it open and pop it out so that it's still in the shape. We would actually serve it, not cut up. We would serve it up and down <laughs> vertically, and uh, you just dive in. Do you know to this day, whenever I go around a grocery store, if I see the cranberry sauce in the aisle, I still think of, well time with my grandparents. It was special. But the food wasn't the point. The food was a gift. It was a blessing. But that's not what I was thankful for. You know, when we'd come and we'd be setting up, she'd still be cooking typically. And what we would do, though, is there were a few of us. So what we were able to do is we were able to set the table together. 
So it was fun because we all had our seats and we'd grab, of course, the good china. The, the plates you would never use except for very special occasions. And the good silverware, the one that had been put away and you'd have to dust off and clean off. And we'd put those out and we'd do it together. And we'd take the good cups out. We would use cloth napkins, not paper ones, no way. Only the best for this holiday. And then we'd all sit down. We'd get the food around us. And before we would say grace together, we would always do that one special thing. We'd give thanks. We'd go around the table and we'd say thank you for something. Now, when I was like my kid's age, like Savannah, it was typically something, you know, like a video game or, or a toy or something with friends. It, it was okay. But as I grew, it became a lot more special, a lot more meaningful. I started to realize it's the people around me. And so as we set the table for that, as I grew older, I started to realize what we ate was important. I loved it. Um, what was going on in my life was important, and I was able to give that to God too. But the most essential, the most important people were, especially those that were surrounding me and others that weren't able to be there. I don't have those thanksgivings with them anymore. They are no longer here. And so as I set the table in new ways with my kids, as I set the table in new ways with my family, I think of them. Maybe you do too. Those special gifts of memories, those special gifts of people and places and times like Thanksgiving. And now we need to know if, if setting the table is such a special thing, maybe for me, but for some of you, now, how does God set the table for our lives? How does God do it, and what does God think is essential? If we actually look at this, maybe this can start to reframe our hearts. Maybe it'll start to reshape us like cranberry sauce, that you, you and I will have the rings around us, not of an aluminum can, but actually of grace, of thankfulness. So how does God set the table? Let's look at what King David was writing. First of all, he talks about God himself, and he says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is... Okay, God is good. We want to give thanks to God, and why do we give thanks to him? Because despite whatever is going on, despite what you see in the news, despite what you may be experiencing, an addiction, a broken relationship, something with your finances, whatever that is, we can give thanks to the Lord, for he is... He is good. Now, it's awfully easy to think that God is far apart from us and God maybe is punishing us for something we've done. Maybe some of you are coming with family today and you're like, I came here today, but I don't know if lightning bolts are going to hit me as I come into the church. I've heard people jokingly say that, but I also think there's some truth to what they fear. God is just waiting, waiting to bless you. God is waiting to say, I am your God, and I give you everything. How's he setting the table? Well, first of all, he's doing it with a good heart. And we can also thank God because not only is he good, but because his love endures forever. It's not just for a moment. It's not just for the very best times. It's not just for a particular day that we set aside. God's love is for every single moment. Now, last Sunday, we had the gift here. As Jeff said, there were, there were 175 people here, 
And at the end of the service, what I really loved was just saying, hey, even if you're not able to stay, can you just pick up your row? And people did it, and they did it with a smile. And it was so moving to be moving around and watching and being a part of something so great to make an impact. When I was thinking, how does God set the table? Well, God sets the table for those where those meals are going to go to wherever they are in the world. Packing 28,000 meals that are going to go to people that don't even know what Thanksgiving is, that are looking for their next meal, that sounds like something God wants us to do together. And I watched my little girl with a hairnet on. And I had one on too. Jeff had one on too. That was weird. But as I watched her, her working, I knew this is a gift. But as I did, I got a text during the meal. And the text was from one of our members. And her husband, who's just a few months younger than me, has been battling cancer for a few years. And she texted and she said, Pastor Dan, can you come soon? And I did. And I left this bustling place of just beautiful grace, of joy. And I came, and God had set the table in a much different way. So different. See, Chris had been battling that cancer, and at this point he was just in bed. And his wife and her parents greeted me. Their little 11-month-old was there too. And I walked into the room. And I thought, wow, God, you are good. Your love endures forever. And now's the time that I get to experience that because I get to be with someone you're going to claim. Chris was in bed. He couldn't lift up his, his head anymore. And as he talked, it was just mumbles. I couldn't quite understand what he was saying, but he gripped my hand, and we were connected, and he smiled just a little bit. And as we talked, as we shared, as we prayed, as we cried, I knew God had set the table. Now, Chris hadn't been able to eat for a while. He was claimed by God. He died the day before Thanksgiving. He wasn't able to be around the table with Emily and their kids. How does God set the table for, for someone who dies way too young of cancer? How does that work today for you and for me? Well, God does set the table in a brand new way, and I don't think he cares about the china. God doesn't care about the silverware. God doesn't care of what you're wearing. God doesn't care if you're coming every single week to church. God doesn't care if you're giving to a church like Living Waters. God doesn't care about that. What God cares about is your heart. And God is most concerned with setting the table and changing your life, reshaping you in his image, much deeper than that cranberry sauce. And do you want to know how he does it? Here's how I know. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he comes and he's preaching about God and the kingdom of God, and he's changing people. He's reframing how they look at the world how they love, how they forgive. And a Pharisee, who are typically the, they're kind of the, the cops of the law at the time. This Pharisee was so amazed by what Jesus had to say. Well, he came to him in the dead of night. And in the account of John, he talks about this encounter. He says, Jesus, I need to hear more. But he, he came in the night because he was afraid that his colleagues would 
hear him. And so Jesus says, you want to know? You want to know how God loves? You want to know how God sets the table for you and for others? Here it is. For God so loved the... Oh, wait. For God so loved the world. How does God set the table? Well, here it is. God cares most about who's around the table. And it's everyone. So first of all, God loves you no matter what. No matter what. Our God who is good, our God whose love endures forever, he especially loves you today. But God also loves the people to your left and to your right. Can you look at them? Ooh, good job. Some of you are like, nope, I'm not going to, not going to do it. You can look at them and say, God loves you, God loves you. You can even say it. I, I triple dog dare you. Nice job. Some of you still don't do it. I think that's great. For God so loved the world, he loves you. He loves the people around you. You know who God also loves? He loves that cashier at Walmart that is driving you nuts because it's taking them 12 minutes to scan the item. Oh, God still loves them. God loves a person that cuts you off um, in traffic. God loves them. God loves the person that you were sitting at during the family reunion and was driving you nuts. God loves them too. God loves the people who are on Facebook and are posting things that are about the opposite political um, views that you have. God loves them too. God loves that person that bullied you. God loves the world. Who does God set the table for? Everyone. So how does that reframe us? Well, God so loved the world that he gave. And God didn't just give something. God didn't just go into his pockets and say, well, I'm going to give you my change, you who I love so much. God gave what was most precious to him. He said, I, I love you so much that I'm going to send my most precious thing, and it, it, it's my son. And so he sent Jesus for you. He sent Jesus for the world. And because God gave, now we can give. We give thanks. We give our lives. We can set the table for others. We can show them that God is so vital for us that he's reshaped us. And maybe God, people start to get a glimpse of God through our words, through our actions. And so today, I'd, I'd love for you to take the gratitude challenge with us. To give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. That we give thanks and then all at once it, it can start small. How can we live lives? How can we set the table for others? Well, let me tell you, it's crazy. Every Wednesday, I come into Edgewood Vista, which is a nursing home. And every Wednesday afternoon, I actually lead two worship services. One at the memory care unit and one at the chapel. And as I go through the big complex, I'm walking around and I say, hey, hello, hello, hi. And as I talk to residents and to staff, you know, they, they look at me a little crazy. I don't think they're used to smiling people so much. And maybe I'm a little extra, I don't know. But they, they started to figure out I'm the pastor. So a lot of the older people, they're kind of loud. So they're like, they think they're being quiet, but they're not. They're like, there's that pastor again. He's always so happy. My kids know that's not true, by the way. <laughs> but what if it just starts giving thanks to the Lord for he is good, living grateful lives? What if it just starts with a smile today? Just smiling at someone. 
What if today it just starts with a good morning? Or being thankful and saying thank you to someone, even someone that is driving you nutty. What if in a deeper way, it's maybe on your way out, you stop through the drive-thru of Starbucks and you pay for the person behind you? We can start to live truly grateful lives, looking for the, the blessings that God gives us and not just having one day of it. We've got to do this every single day. And that's going to change the world. That's going to reshape others. That's going to set the table for God's unconditional love forever. Amen. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of this time and this place and people who may, may be hurting in really, really big, significant ways. But God, remind us that you are good, that your love is not just for a moment, and that you gave your son so that we can give thanks to you and to the world. So God, reshape us in your image. Help us to give selflessly, not because we're earning your love, but because you've changed us so much. We love you. And all God's people said, amen.